settle down, get a cup of tea and get ready for the Roaring Podcast. Welcome back to the Roaring Podcast. Uh, I'm Rachel. I'm Sarah. <laughs> I'm coughing. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm Lizzie. And uh, it's February and we are talking about love. Um, not only have we got Valentine's Day um, in February, but it's also leap year, which, which means... This, by the way, is how I found out it was a leap year. Haven't looked at <laughs> my diary. Carry on. Um, and on the 29th, uh, it's kind of traditional that women can ask men uh, for their hand in marriage, which is problematic hugely, and we'll talk about that later. I feel like we should um, we should start this whole thing, given that it's about love and relationships um, and feminism, by saying we might all be feminists, but only one of us is in a relationship. Uh, Rachel and myself are both single. Sarah's in a long term committed. Ha- I was going to go semi happy. <laughs> no, no, I'm in I'm in a very happy relationship. Have been for two years. Yeah. So uh, with the 29th coming up, Sarah, are you planning on? Proposing. Oh, Jesus Christ. No. Oh, I, we're all disappointed. Yeah, no. So I uh, personally am somebody who uh, doesn't want to get married. I've never really wanted that. Same as uh, children. It's just not It's not for me, I think. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. I think, number one, I don't believe it really truly changes anything. I think that if you are in a happy relationship... Um, putting a ring on your finger and having a massive party and wearing a fancy dress isn't going to really change your relationship in any way. Um, and sadly, the only reason I would want to get married is to wear a really lovely dress, um, <laughs> but which I could do. But I genuinely said to Rich, I was walking past... So sorry, Rich is my partner. Um, I was walking past a wedding dress shop recently and I said to him, can we please just pretend we're getting married so I can just try on wedding dresses? Um, but yeah, I've, I've got no interest in getting married personally. I think... I- I, I also have no interest in, in getting married and I think that, that it's built on a lot of um, patriarchal bullshit. Woo! Um, but I do think, I think it's really interesting that your your idea of the thing, the reasons why you might want to get married or the things that appeal are all about the wedding and not about marriage in and of itself because there is something that marriage changes and that's your legal status because if you are, you could be in a relationship with Rich for 20, 30 years and you wouldn't have the same legal rights as yeah. someone who was married for a year but had had to sign that paperwork yeah i think i think if if i were ever in a position where i would need to have that and i had the time in order to do that i would just go in and have a a, 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 a wedding in a registry office with just us and a couple of witnesses and get it signed in order to do that and move that forward um but i also think part of me so like you were talking about the the marriage itself and the legal status for me my my parents divorced when i was 12 um i know a lot of my friends that their marriage has broken off and so for me the, the sort of sanctity air quotes uh, of marriage for me doesn't feel all that special and i and, and there is nothing wrong with people who want to get married and want that uh, party and want that bit of paper and the ring and the whole shebang and the picket fence and the children and all and the dog <laughs> all right like, some people want to get married and they don't want the picket fence all right and <laughs> uh, um, and i think there's nothing wrong with that if that is something that you want but as you said lizzie i think it's really interesting that it's built on a on a level of ownership well, isn't it there's that really that i found really fascinating um is recently um for anyone that's that's not caught the news as of um the end of december um english law i think it's i think it's just england and wales i don't think it's scotland yet 
um, has allowed mixed gender civil unions um, because that was a, a thing obviously when um, marriage equality was passed which I'm obviously for if anyone's getting married it should be equal for anyone who wants to marry anyone of any gender um, but there were these people who campaigned to have a civil partnership rather than a marriage although they were male and female mm. um, and I thought their reasoning was really interesting because they were saying that they wanted that security that legal legal recognition of each other as partners rather than just being quote-unquote common law married which doesn't really mean anything it doesn't give you any legal rights to each other's um stuff after someone died or all those other things that come along with it um but that but that marriage while it'd been modernized and while it didn't have to be religious and etc etc was built on this idea of of owning a woman in some way and was built on this patriarchal thing of giving a woman away and wearing a ring and all these things and no you can remove religion from it but it was based on something religious and all those things i think was i think a really interesting argument to say what we've created by the creation of of civil partnerships was a, a a weird thing to sort of to sort of allow gay people to get married without allowing them to corrupt marriage quote unquote yeah. um but what they did was they created a way of making a union that was new and modern and didn't have those connotations of that bullshit mm. you can obviously you can get married in registry office but you still have those vows and that history and the legacy associated with it so i thought that was really interesting that these were people that had campaigned to to become legally partnered without having to go through all the bullshit and all the you know the history of of yeah. marriage that's what associated with it what about you rachel are you interested in getting married what are your thoughts on marriage? this is not a proposal oh what <laughs> um, wait for the 29th of february bitch <laughs> so if some of you saw some of the earlier versions of beachbody ready you will know that as a child i used to dress up as a bride we um, will we will throw up the picture on on um, on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Yeah, it is honestly it's the most adorable thing. Oh, she's so cute. Um, and it was a proper meringue of a dress. Um, <laughs> all the photos of me are taken in front of a Christmas tree. I don't know why. All um, of them are. It's a really bizarre, <laughs> like tradition in your household. Yeah. yeah. Um, I ever since I was a young child, I've wanted to get married, um, and. At the moment, it's not looking like something that would necessarily happen for me. Um, at one point, I think I'd been quite upset about that because uh, I was kind of like raised to think, oh, you know, that's what that's what people do. Like you grow up and you get married and you buy a house and you have children. And I was like, that is that's the thing that you do. Rachel was raised in the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously kind of breaking out of kind of like the immediate family and immediate friend circle and moving to Hull and getting a group of friends who have a really kind of diverse and interesting um, thoughts about marriage. I'm still someone who really believes in marriage and thinks actually like being able to say, you know, we're dedicating ourselves to each other. And um, a lot of my friends are getting married at the moment. So uh, pretty much the only two uh, women that I talked to from when I was a kid uh, are getting married um and one of them's actually getting married on the 29th of february oh, cute. um and i'm being bridesmaid for her and being a bridesmaid was a massive thing for me i always wanted to be a bridesmaid as well and then i got asked three times in the space of a month Aww. um so you, can i ask you a question though Rachel? Yeah, so when you say that you still believe in marriage and it's something that you still really want and it's something you've always wanted can i ask is that is it the marriage that you want or is it the relationship the dedication the having a partner to rely on like 
what part what part of yeah, that interests you the most it's the relationship mm. um and i think the marriage part of it really does kind of uh, allow you to have like the legal rights and i think there's also something quite romantic about you know getting all your close friends and family and saying no actually this is the person that i really want to dedicate um to spending my life with them and you know having mm. a life together um yeah. i think that's a really lovely thing like if you find that love and you find that support and that relationship i think totally go for it like get married and it's something that i don't think is necessary i don't think that anyone is going around being like you've been in a relationship for like six months you should get married now <laughs> like i don't think i obviously don't think like that yeah um and it's not right for some people's relationships um but i think there's something that's really comforting about that stability knowing knowing that someone's always got your back and you know that you know you'll face problems together you'll share your triumphs you know i do i am a romantic at heart yeah um, i think that's the oh, difference is, yeah <laughs> I, I was gonna say <laughs> i i am somebody who i it's not that i dislike romance i think romance is really lovely and i like so i i talk about um with my my boyfriend for instance we're not a very romantic couple i'm not a romantic person i'm quite a, a well i'm a, a hard-faced bitter old bitch but <laughs> um i i do like little romantic things but for me the the romance in my relationship is things like I've come home. Do you want a cup of tea? Like that for me. That yeah. that is so much bigger than than flower petals and bottles of champagne and whatever other stuff. Um, and I think that, like you said, I think it is knowing that somebody has your back and, um, and and dedicating yourselves to each other is a wonderful thing. I just think for me, I don't need to display that. I think I can show that within my long term relationship. Again, I'm not against marriage. I think I've been to lots of weddings. Let's be honest, the service is fucking boring. <laughs> I, I basically go for the buffet and the DJ. Like, simple as. So, um... No, I love a drunk best man speech. Yeah. Oh, my God. My dad... Sorry, can I just say, when my dad had a midlife crisis and married a woman half his age... So, basically, my dad married a woman that was three years older than me that I went to school with. That's a whole other podcast, people. But... Um, they're divorced. They're Join divorced us for March when we'll be talking about Sarah's family dynamics. <laughs> uh, let's hope he never listens to this. Um, but no, my dad. My dad sort of married um, a, a woman, and and that was the right thing for him at the time. They were very much in love, and um, and that was a wonderful thing. My dad's wedding was hilarious because he his his best man was really nervous, like really really nervous, and stood up in front of everybody and went um, and he didn't know how to hold a microphone. And he was like, oh, um, it is um, such an emotional day. Even the cake is in tears. And <laughs> the, right? And I <laughs> laughed. And joke. my dad was so nervous, he knocked a glass of red wine all down Hannah's wedding dress. Oh, my God. I cackled the whole way through. But let me tell you, the steak and potatoes that were served at that wedding, that's the bit I remember. Uh, you see, um, Sean, our producer, and Alex, who was on uh, last month's podcast... Uh, I'm actually going to be officiating their wedding, um, yes. which is super exciting. They're two of my best friends, and I think it'd have felt weird to be kind of like on one side or the other. Um, so being able to kind of hold the ceremony, because a lot of people do find the ceremony like the most boring bit, and it it's is. like a lot of the time, like you get a registrar that doesn't really know the couple and kind of is like filling the gaps uh, with personal anecdote here, like it's <laughs> that kind of thing, and being able to really write a service for them that reflects them and is uh, special to them is a really kind of privilege for me and I'm really excited to do it. 
and again like i think if you find if you've got two people that you just know are kind of just right for each other Mm. like you're excited for them you want like you want them to be happy and you want them um to kind of have a lovely day but you also know that it's going to go so much further than just the wedding yes so what's your thoughts on this lizzie i mean i think i i think i am sort of anti-marriage i think i'm getting the older i get the more bitter i i i get um <laughs> no but I, I think i look i've i've been to some i've been to some lovely weddings like that weren't boring services like they're really nice and i know a lot of people who who do want to get married and again I, I mean i don't know why i'm making an excuse for my opinion but you know my I, I i'm not suggesting we abolish marriage but i do think that it's i i do think that so much of it is built on something that i just fundamentally disagree with which is about the position of men and women's respective power and even you know even the 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 wokest women i know that have you know have got married in a white dress and they just oh it's for the tradition and yeah tradition is nice but what's that tradition based on Mm. that's based on assigning your virginal status as your worth do you know what i mean Mm. and and those things where i go where were i to get married which i think is highly unlikely um i wouldn't want to be given away yeah but i also know that i think my 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 dad would probably be really upset if he didn't get to do that because it's become enshrined as like a tradition and as a, mm. a rite of passage and those things um but i i would resent the idea that i'm not standing there independently and i know plenty of people that have tried to buck it by having both of their parents stand up with them or by you know acknowledging that in some way but I think it's it's a really difficult thing to shift when the basis of it is so um, is so rooted in this imbalance of, of between genders. Yeah, see, I agree with everything that you said there, bar one big thing, uh, which is the fact that you use the word wokest. I can't. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to. It's a shorthand for. Uh, I am so deeply offended. <laughs> by I'm that. So no, because all I see. Sorry, they are the most awake. They are the most awake. No, I'm so no, sorry. No, um, but I, I, I completely agree let's talk about then the sort of um like you touched on there lizzie this sort of patriarchal side of marriage and the ownership uh, over it what what do you think about it rach i mean you know back in the day <laughs> it was it was effectively a trade deal mm-hmm. um you know there's and it still is in in, a, in some countries in some it, countries it, it still is, is and yeah. you know there's dowries and mm. you know there's promises and it's about you like I mean, look at royal weddings. They were United of Nations, and yeah, know, and I mean, there's thing. still a lot of stuff that goes on, um, you know, and and a lot closer to home than we would want it to be about sort of um, legitimizing um, sex with minors by marrying young women to sort of predatory men, effectively, and and a lot to do. Uh, a lot to do with sort of um trafficked women etc that is linked to marrying someone because then you are then stuck with that person you're tied to that person i think it's a deeply problematic thing i also think that there is something around if you are married so for example if you are in an unhappy relationship whichever whichever uh, gender that that party might be that's unhappy uh, for me personally i feel like you get a lot of well we try to make the marriage work we try to make the marriage work if you have children you're making it work for the children mm. and it becomes about the, the the onus is put on marriage and children rather than the fundamentals of you being together in a relationship um and so for me again like i said i think i think marriage although earlier on i'm sort of contradicting myself <laughs> in that i say marriage doesn't mean anything 
I think it, it, it does to those people. It doesn't to me, but it does to those people. Yeah. And therefore, they're more likely to stay in an un- unhappy relationship for longer because there is this idea that marriage is forever. And a divorce is a really um, troubling, traumatic thing to go through, especially financially or if you have a house together, if you have children together. And of course, whether you have a, whether you're married or not, you may have a house and children, and that suddenly complicates everything. Yeah. But I think marriage is just, for me, an unnecessary complication yeah. to a relationship rather than an addition. Well, to I it. think it's that thing as well. Of there are very few people, I'm sure there are some, but there are very few people who you know are are going to be saying, oh, well, I don't believe in divorce. I don't believe that if a marriage doesn't work out, you shouldn't get divorced. And it's that thing of going, well, we're not, we're not, we're accepting then of the fact that even if you're pledging till death do us part, that actually if there is a problem, well, we can just get rid of the marriage. So you then, what's the what's the point do you know what i mean you sort of start to negate what the point is i'm not advocating for getting rid of divorce just to just to clarify everyone stay in their unhealthy marriages no um do you know what i mean it's that thing of going oh i'm standing up i'm making this commitment to you but it's not a forever thing and a lot increasingly people are getting divorced and for me marriage is not something that people should enter lightly like yeah you know i don't you know people who kind of like just go oh, it's the thing that you do, so we're going to get married. I don't think that's the right way to look at it. My dad always makes the same joke every time someone's about to get married. And he always says, get married when you're 70. Because Mm -hmm. if you get married when you're 70, if they're great, (coughs) it's been worth the wait. And if it's bad, you've only got a few years to live with it. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, You know, I I don't think you should ever enter a marriage flippantly Mm. and it is something that you should really talk about with your partner and you know go is this the right thing for us Um, which is why i i believe marriage is a really positive thing you know and i do think that there are some people that go oh well we're going to make the marriage work we're going to make the marriage work and i do think that if you are constantly battling each other and you know, you're constantly having to say, oh, we're trying to make it work, then there's a fundamental issue there. Mm. Whereas for me, getting married is something that two people do when they are in love and they respect each other and they're there to, well, they want to be a unit. Yeah, effectively. I, I see, I don't believe in uh, anything like soulmates or the, the idea that any one person is meant for any other With person. You. Um, and I think that as people, we naturally grow and change. And me now compared to me even two years ago is so different. Mm. And me, uh, I'm 27 now. Me when I'm 30 might be so different again. And when we become different people, as we grow and change and shift and develop in our thoughts, our ideas, our politics, all of these things, I think we naturally look for people who match mm-hmm. us in some way. And if you've changed drastically, so for example, and this is not just related to marriage this is a relationship as well um and i i should also say that i i personally am a monogamous person you know i i i believe in for me personally um being with one person at a time there's nothing wrong if you if you don't if you about me i'm just a i'm a jealous bitch i would Mm. be really angry about it but um you know as you grow and shift and change you look for somebody to match your grow and shift and change and if you're married to somebody um, and you're like, I'm going to be with them for the rest of my life. How do you know that you want to be with them for the rest of your life when you have the rest of your life to live? Um, and I again, I should say faith to, to my boyfriend, um, <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Uh, but in three years' time, pack your bags. Yeah, exactly. No, but it is 
true and I, and I can't you know personally at this time in my life I can't imagine me being with anybody else and I don't think he can imagine himself being with anybody else but ultimately both of us are different people who grow and change and maybe that might change I hope it doesn't but it might I do think there's something really interesting uh, to do with relationships generally so stripping the marriage bit away and I'm about to be very heteronormative but between sort of male and female um what you bring to a relationship in that I still think even in 2020 that it is there is a different expectation of the amount that you give up to be in a relationship and the amount that you commit and I think if you look at um for example our parents generation um just looking at the things that fathers gave up versus things that mothers gave up and you know I know very very few people I know plenty of people whose both parents worked but if there was one parent who didn't or if there was one parent who gave up work for a couple of years or whatever it was always their mum and and that was and I'm sure if you ask them all individually they'd all say they chose that they all said they wanted that mm. there's no one uh, I know people that have got quite quite angry about it and said no th- you know that was her choice but if you look at it across the board okay that was her choice but was that all of our mum's choices and yeah. I think there's something that's fundamentally really sad that that within a relationship there isn't an expectation of of 50 50 and there isn't an expectation of um i will be there for you when it's convenient Mm. to me i will push your goals when they align with my goals and all those things it is still very one-sided and i think that it's fundamentally really sad that our as a generation our mothers didn't pursue their dreams as ferociously as our fathers did yeah i should also mention here that actually something i'm really fiercely passionate about as well is the man's role in terms of parenting both from a side of because you are both parents and therefore you should both parent but also the reaction that people have to fathers in that they go oh you're babysitting today then it's like no he's not i'm not babysitting these are my children oh you're helping with the cleaning (laughs) exactly and also there is a you know it's only really relatively recently in our time that paternity leave has been extended and and again in courts typically uh, the children are favored to go with the mother there are still a lot of um really problematic things towards men as well as women in these relationships even just look at um people have children um quote unquote out of wedlock um or people who have kids when they're married but the woman hasn't taken the man's name those children normally not always normally get the man's surname mm. do you know what i mean like just as simple as that as a signifier of 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 how and again that ties back to this idea of marriage and ownership and changing your surname to be mm. part of the man's family now but um you, you know just as simple as that i know plenty of people that have had children with either with a partner who they're no longer that who they're not even with a in a relationship with or they've had they them and their partner aren't married mm. um and the children have always got the the man's surname and that's such a signifier of those two roles and of those two of what those those genders sort of mean yeah as a kind of obviously very kind of flippant flip side uh valentine's day it's always expected that the men are the ones who are buying uh flowers and chocolates for their partners and then there's the kind of the running joke that on the 14th of march it's steak and blowjob day yeah um yeah which is when it's good to be in a relationship with a woman (laughs) no i think uh it's really interesting because valentine's day at the moment in my uh in my time of life um is an interesting one because valentine's day also happens to be my boyfriend's birthday oh yeah of course and so actually i am expected to buy him shit no um why are you so upset about buying him a birthday present (laughs) jesus no i always get him something and and it's never that he always buys me a very you know something small for valentine's day Mm. 
um, a teddy, a chocolate rose, and we get each other a, usually a really um, funny card. So I think that when it comes to Valentine's Day, there is an expectation definitely of men to um, ask a woman out on a date. Or So I was talking uh, to somebody yesterday about Valentine's Day when I was a child. And I remember I used to go into school and I used to be very excited because the boys in the class would always bring in a card and a, and a gift for, for a potential suitor. And um, and and some years I had a card and a chocolate mm-hmm. rose on my desk. I know, damn. And I was really excited about that and I used to love that. I never gave anything out because I, I was a woman. And back when I was a child, it was my belief that no, well, men do those things, you know, and obviously um, my opinion on that has vastly changed. Valentine's Day for me now... Um, obviously he's a celebration in another way because it's his birthday but um i'm not really that bothered by it mm. i'm not i'm not horrifically offended by valentine's day because i think people do go oh well you shouldn't need one day a year to show somebody that you love them mm. and i totally agree but we could say that then about christmas yeah. or birthdays or easter do you need a day of the year I, to do these but things? i agree with all of those things about birthdays and easter <laughs> no i agree it's all commercialized yeah but I mean, it is ridiculously commercialized it, it is, i think we can all agree that yeah it is it is ridiculously commercialized but i also think it's quite a i think it's quite a nice celebration to show somebody that you love them and if people want to use that as an opportunity why not yeah i used to work for a children's charity um and i used to talk to some of the youth workers and they would have young women say oh it's valentine's day so i'm going to take my boyfriend take my virginity Ooh, oh my god that yeah. is problematic uh. and or like it's their birthday i'm going to let them have sex with me kind of thing that is really dangerous which is really problematic um and you know it's that kind oh. of yeah exactly it's that Giving kind of idea that you know he will provide the chocolates and the flowers and she will let you have sex with them yeah well there's always this thing isn't it where um yeah you hear about this quite a lot where uh, particularly men on valentine's day go uh, when you give them flowers and chocolates you'll be like oh i'll be getting some tonight then yeah. as in uh, you know as if a woman giving her body to you is a payment for yeah. the romance that you've shown her in some way and i mean that is a patriarchal thing that has dated back longer yeah. than any of us will ever be able to read about but i think <laughs> um it is a really interesting thing that a woman giving herself yeah. and and you know sex is a mutual thing yeah. it should be you know regardless of your gender um sex is a mutual experience and yes there there are lots of ways that people can enjoy and explore that and some people like to be submissive or dominant or whatever but providing it is two consenting adults it should be a mutual experience you should both get enjoyment from it it shouldn't be something you give to somebody but else I, I do think there's still and i've said this before to you guys i'm sure but i think there's something fundamentally broken about the way we talk about sex even just the language we use and i don't mean about like the taboos and the and the and the you know the fact that we still talk about virginity as though it's not something that some bullshit that someone made up but like the we talk about sex as something that is done by someone to someone yeah. yeah and like you know that thing of like if you're having sex with someone who is the same gender as you well which one's the man yeah. do you know what i mean because there's this because that's what that's how we talk about sex is that there is a, a fucker and a fucky do you know what i mean yeah and that power <laughs> dynamic is built into the language that we use to talk about it so are you laughing at fat fucker and fucky <laughs> i was like you've always been a fucker <laughs> <laughs> um i do like to be on top um <laughs> well wow well exclusive for you all there 
I regret saying this. Oh, um, no, but I'm sending this directly to your mum. <laughs> um, I am single, so if anyone wants to hit me up, my phone number is no. Um, I can't even remember what I was saying, but no, but I think yeah. that 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 power dynamic and the the there is a uh, even goes down to the expectations on 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 how you perform sexually are built into this sort of and it's very it's it's very sort of built into genders about sort of how a woman looks and how a man looks and but also how they perform sexually and what it means and um and you know there's a lot of danger yeah i i completely agree with you there's a lot of dangerous language and tradition traditions i say around sex of and and often these are depicted in like movies and TV mm. that we watch. You know, like the woman answering the door wearing a coat with just the lingerie underneath. Well, and and I'm not saying because again, um, I think there's also a, a really interesting conversation about um, uh, se- uh sex work and uh, reading about this recently. There was um a p- particular Instagrammer, um, that is uh, from Hull who uh, does sex work online. Um, is about to get married to her lovely partner. They have a son together. It's great. Um, and their family found out that they were doing sex work, searched online for all of these images of her doing that, mm-hmm. which I find really creepy, awful, uh, and then told her that she was disgusting, how could she be a feminist when she does this? And ultimately, for me, it boils down to it's a choice. Yeah. And also, um, there was a woman who made a brilliant comment about this online where she said, I used to work in a fucking sandwich shop. It doesn't mean that I expect people to tell shout at me to make a fucking sandwich. Like there is a you can be a feminist and take part in those more sort of traditional female roles. Yeah. Um that because there is nothing wrong with that and your body is something um it, it is your body, it's your choice. I didn't have you ownership to of do it that. and the, exactly the, the control that. is and really also, important factor in in all these things, but in sex work. Yeah, and, and a woman wearing lingerie with a coat over the top is fucking sexy and great if that woman is doing that for really her is. enjoyment as well as somebody else's. Uh, but I but think if it's just as a display for the man and actually she's doing that because she feels like she's giving something to him, that's for me where the, the problematic language lies. There is a thing, and it's a trope you find so much in in, in films and TVs and, and novels and whatever, of the... the, the s- sexually naive or virginal woman and the experienced powerful man and it's a power dynamic thing and it's because power is sexy um and it's because sexual tension is sexy and tension is easy to make if you have a power dynamic and that's why i think there's so many really toxic relationships and i'm totally guilty of watching a tv show and being like oh it's oh it's so wrong but it's so sexy and it's it's that tension thing it's because everything's about sex apart from sex and sex is about power exactly yeah so coming uh, coming away from sex for a second and marriage and we sort of exploring those sorts of things um rachel and lizzie obviously as you know i'm in a relationship but you guys are single um dating on the online world and all of those sorts of things in the lead up to something like valentine's day how how is that working for you what do you use like talk to me because i I'm, i've always been in long-term relationships and i have done for the last sort of nearly 10 years i'm about i i, I just find myself in these long-term relationships which is lovely because i like it um so i've never dated online and done that whole shebang I've, i mean i've had a mess around on tinder um before me and rich got together i went on tinder but i was so terrified of meeting somebody i didn't know like for me that the thought of that is petrifying all of my boyfriends have always been sort of friends first or been in a circle mm. and then i've got together with them so what's the dating experience like for you i mean 
I am a woman who has never been on a date, never had a partner, never even really crossed the line in any way, shape or form. <laughs> you cross a lot of lines, Han. I was going to say, In my yeah. own special way. Um, <laughs> I have very, very briefly kind of had like a dalliance with like online... Sorry, a dalliance? <laughs> Um, that's amazing. We must use all 17th century language now to talk about dating. <laughs> Always. Um, she is, she's been courted by suitors. <laughs> I've been courted by suitors, but I've never met them. Eyes <laughs> met across a social media app. Yeah. Like, you know, I've talked to them kind of on on Tinder or on um, the one I'm using at the moment is Hinge, um, where, you know, I've, start, I've moved away from Tinder because Tinder does tend to be a bit more like meeting up for more like one night stands yeah like, that's the i would say the only thing i've used Tinder. i've never i haven't been in a relationship for a while but like i've never found a relationship or even wanted a relationship with anyone i've seen on tinder but i have had tinder hookups it is because it's a shorthand for going this is what i want this is what you want we both know it here we go yeah what's hinge so hinge is like tinder but basically there's like something vaguely connecting you so like whether that is a mutual friend or you're from the same like uh, you've got the same interests or you like it's like halfway okay. between tinder and like a traditional dating site yeah. where you have like a profile that matches you with do you, yeah. do you know okay. what i mean like That's it's sort of midpoint it of those two okay um, I'm with you. one of the most hilarious things though about hinge is so you put up a few photos of yourself and then there's like 12 questions and you just answer three of them and those go on your profile um and it'll it'll be like um I'll delete hinge when, and then you fill in like the rest of the sentence. So it'd be like, when you've met my mother, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or it'd be like, uh, two facts and a lie. Um, and then you'll put two things that are true and one thing that's false. And one of them's uh, yes or no. And it's supposed to be like, I would watch the end of the earth for you, or something oh, ridiculous like God. that. Fuck off. But <laughs> what actually happens is that people go, yes or no, and they just go, yes. And you go, no, that that's not what they mean Uh-oh. you're not picking either yes or no like you're supposed to put a question or like a statement in there right. they just it's completely bypass <laughs> hilarious like they have no idea what's going on this is the thing that i find difficult with with an with an online thing and i'm not suggesting that i'm in any way good at relationships or even just personal contact with people and being a human but can confirm <laughs> I, 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 the thing I find very difficult about the online thing is that I'm not I'm not a very good I'm not a very eloquent per, I'm not good at explaining myself <laughs> I might be explaining I might be demonstrating as I ramble my way through this uh, this point I'm making but but it's very difficult to put across who you are on a on a when you're just talking to someone online and I think it's it's much easier so much of communication is non-verbal and non words that you know the tone of voice and the physical presence and whatever is much better and also i think you there is a very small pool of people that are on tinder and it's not very diverse in terms of genders and things like that do you know what i mean like it's a small pool and uh, you know there's a small pool of very strange fish yeah see i find tinder really interesting i had a conversation with a friend of mine about this idea of swiping if you find somebody attractive so do you find them attractive yes great let's find out more about them you know what i mean or you can click on their profile and things and for me i personally as much as i believe there are uh there are so many wonderful things you can be attracted to somebody their sense of humor their personality um the the way that they are with their children the fact that they care for the planet like i don't know all of these one the fact they make a great cheese sandwich like that's my dream sarah's priorities (laughs) um but there's loads of wonderful things you can be attracted to somebody by but for me there has to be 
an initial physical attraction um and that's personally for me in that I don't think I could sleep with somebody unless I was physically attracted to them now of course physical attraction comes in any number of different forms um but for me I have to have a physical attraction in order to go oh I I I think of you as a partner whereas you get a lot of people who say looks don't matter and I don't think they necessarily I mean conventionally conventional good looks don't matter but there there has to be an element of something that you find I think that you you don't have to be traditionally attractive or to be the the most handsome person or the most beautiful person that I've ever seen to be attractive but there is that there there is and it's a gut instinct isn't it Mm. it's a really difficult thing to quantify but there is that thing of going oh I don't know what it is about you but there's something you've got a you've got a weird nose but I really like it you know yeah but uh, and I would say like the thing with the images on tinder and similar things is that looks not the most important thing but if you don't have a picture weird yeah if all of your pictures are and i'm not saying i i'm only saying yes to people that are insanely hot because you know work with what's realistic (laughs) 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 but you know it's it's the thing of going actually what the pictures is i i find better on on things like that is you sort of do start to get a sense of who they are if they're pulling the same face in every picture you sort of go, oh, you've that's like something quite stilted. If they're very, mm. if it's just a very close up, awkward picture of your face, you're not doing yourself any favors. Mm. Whereas if it's a picture of you having a good time, smiling at an event, get a sense of what you're like. Even if you're not the most attractive person, that's so much mm. more appealing yeah. than a really handsome person who's just got a really way too close selfie. Yeah. Do you know can, what I mean? Can I ask, Rachel, if you were to go like on an ideal date, so you've matched with somebody on Hinge <coughs> or you've matched with somebody on Tinder or yeah. whatever the case is and you're like, you know what, this person is great, I want to go on a date with them. What is, just for, for anybody listening who fancies our Rachel, and I would I would say she's a bloody good girl and, and she Come and take her love. off our hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the love of God, please. No, um, what would be like your ideal date if you could? And I know this is always a really difficult question. I can never really answer it, I think, but I'm just curious to see what you think. I genuinely just think the pub. That's <laughs> like, great. At the end of the day, like girl. I'm one of those people who just loves talking to people no shit and for no surprise <laughs> doing a podcast um but just being able to talk to people and just like have those weird and wonderful little like uh tangents that go off and you find out something that completely new about someone like i i love it like i love those we often talk about it when we're making theater but those 3 a.m deep meaningful conversations yeah. mm. you know i love uh just co- like talking finding out about people and find for me one of the things that i find most attractive in other people is their passion yeah so like if you're just like do you know what i just love stamps <laughs> like yeah. do you know what i mean it could be anything if you're if you talk about something with passion and conviction and knowledge that's what i find attractive in people i find that really attractive i also find yeah drive and ambition yeah. really ambition is such an attractive Same. thing to me and i think if you're an ambitious person and and also i mean i think this is attractive to most people is kind just kindness and um just wh- wh- whatever form that takes whether they are just a nice person or they're really great with their mum or yeah. they give to charity or they or they donate or like whatever it is yeah. kindness is a really attractive quality what about um so let's think about sort of worst dates <laughs> have you been on a date lizzie that like was really or fucking awful yes 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you but tell us about but it? But it's not, but also it's not, I don't think I've got an exciting horror story. I mm. just, it's that thing of going, of someone who was nice when I spoke to them, when we chat, when we arranged it, and then you suddenly go, oh, this isn't going to, this isn't going to work or mm. this isn't what I want. And then you're sat opposite them. Oh, God. And it's awkward. And I think that's shit. all it is, is that I, I don't have any sort of big, like, nightmare stories of, like, ah, let me tell you about the time I got my stalker. <laughs> but, like, I've definitely been on, not even, like, date dates, but, like, let's meet up casually and hang out and get to know each other. And then, you know, almost immediately gone, well, n- no, there's no spark. I'm not interested. They're not interested, but we've got to sort of fill the time to be polite. Yeah, do you know, for me, right, I... Uh, I have something that's really interesting. I think I've told you girls about this before. Um, every partner I have ever had, and I mean this genuinely since I was about eight, eight or no, 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 that's a, that's a fucking lie. Hang on. Since I was in my teenage years from about 14 onwards, every single partner from 14 onwards, no, the person they have met after me, they have either married or had children with and and this this was start <laughs> yeah right i i basically train them up and send them off right but like and i, I thought this train was really them up. let's go back to this marriage conversation <laughs> train them up yeah oh, oh no i know um but i yeah and, and i thought at first i was like oh this is weird they're they're about the third person or so now how bizarre let me look into this <laughs> i looked into it and i swear to fuck Every single, every single one I've I, I I've been with, has married or or had children with the the next person after me. So I feel like I just go, thanks for your time. Go and find the love of your life now, and and they leave and they do. Um, it's such a bizarre thing. But I remember I went on a date when I was about um, ten years old with this guy called Sam, in primary school. I mean, problematic Aww. already. But I know, we'll talk but about basically that later. he he fancied me and I sort of fancied him and he was a lovely. Do you remember that fringe that all the boys had when we yeah. were kids and there was like separate little lines going yeah. down his forehead and highlights. Oh, and that's he had not a, good. Oh, I know, but it was fashionable at the time, Lizzie. Was it? Yeah. Well, uh, and he had chubby little cheeks and and I thought, oh, he's so cute, and he thought, oh, she's so cute, and so he said, would you like to go to the pet shop this Saturday? And I, oh, God, I got so excited. I ran home. I told my mum. By the way, it's still a great date idea. Yeah. Carry on. It is a great idea. So this is in my hometown of Neath in South Wales, where basically there is nothing else to do apart from go to the pet shop. And we walked around the pet shop. This is a place called Zoa's Ark. Oh, <laughs> yes. And it's still there in Neath. Um, and we held hands and we walked around and we looked at the rabbits and then and then we gave each other a really quick kiss and then I ran into the car. My mum drove me home. Anyway, long story short, uh, he, he is uh, now happily in a relationship with a man called Chris and uh, turns out that he's he's a gay man now um, and very happy. And I always look back on that date with such... Like your best day ever. It was just, it was just such a lovely <laughs> thing. Like, and and it's that childhood yeah. sort of idea of being in a relationship and dating. It was the idea of going and looking at rabbits yeah. in a pet shop. I remember when I was about fourteen. Um, there was a guy like in our friendship group who I was quite close with, and like my mum was always like, "Oh, is is this going to be a thing?" Kind of thing. Um, and I had a massive soft spot for him. I don't think we'd have ever gone out. But there was a big group of us that were supposed to go to the cinema. Um, and one by one, they all dropped off. And it ended up just being me and him. And we went to go see King Kong. <gasps> Dream. Yeah. And Is it? <laughs> we sat down and he just turned around to me and went, 
if this gets scary, you're not allowed to touch my hand. Oh my god! Like, I mean, setting the boundaries, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, very good, good to done. I feel like that sums up uh, my love life. Yeah. <laughs> Scared away from it. Mm. Yeah, it's. I think yeah, dating, marriage, feminism. It's all so interesting, isn't yeah. it? In the way it gets intertwined. And at this point, I. I can't imagine what I would be like in a relationship. Yeah, I, I um, really because you're a full person. That, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah. like genuinely, I know people that have been, and and this is no shade on people that are in relationships or have been in relationships since they were young, but but I know people who have who you know have been with their their teenage sweetheart for you know a decade, and they've not they've they've grown their lives together, and and their lives are intertwined and their personalities overlap yeah. because they've grown together. You know, they've not. And there's that's no that's not necessarily a bad thing, but yeah. I think I'm quite glad to be a whole independent person and not be reliant on part of myself being with another person. Yeah, I I, I totally get that, but I like for me, I I would I'd love to try being in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> just give it a go. Like I've just I've I've never I've never knowingly had anyone interested in me. I think you are, I think but that's... yeah, I was going to say, I think that's interesting, isn't it? Because I said to Rich before, uh, I said to him, oh, well, nobody fancies me. Mm. And he was like, well, that's a fucking lie. And I was like, no, but nobody, <laughs> nobody has ever told, and obviously I, I am somebody who has been in um, quite long-term monogamous yeah. relationships for, you know, throughout most of my life, to be honest. And that's, that's a whole other story for a whole other time. Um, but I always had that thing of, oh, yeah, but nobody nobody yeah. is interested in me. And I think you are blind to it. And I, I still genuinely feel the same. But you are beautiful. Like, genuinely. Mm-hmm. No, you are. You are gorgeous. I'm only in got, this for the compliments. Yeah. And these are the only compliments you fucking get. <laughs> so, no. Um, but you are. You're, you're funny and you're independent and you're ambitious and you're talented and but all I, of those I wonderful things, you know? So much of it comes down to, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, and I apologise for sounding like a, a counsellor at this point or a therapist, but, like, I think it's if you don't, if you don't have that love for yourself, I think it's difficult to see how someone else could love you. Thank you, RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, he I don't really know anything about RuPaul, goes, so this is over my head. love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Well, there you go. Says. I didn't Can know I that, but I'm up in oh. here. I agree with him. He brings <clears> wisdom. <throat> no, but like, genuinely, I think, like, it's a cliche and it's it sounds bad, but like, if you, you know, that thing of, of, finding yourself attractive well of course no one finds me attractive because when i look in the mirror i see something hideous and miserable and i'm not suggesting that that's what you do but i think there is a lot to do with that thing of like you second judge yourself and i do rather than allowing people to form their own opinions that was me thinking not me getting annoyed sorry um and i also think as well like with you for example rachel loads of your friends are in um, relationships getting, married. getting yeah. married and and especially as you know you're you're not far off 30 now um, <laughs> thanks for the reminder no uh. but what i'm saying is it, i think i think you get to a stage especially in your late 20s a lot of people i know say that you get to a point in your late 20s if you haven't found somebody yet or you're um you're looking for somebody and and it suddenly starts dawning on you that you're not going to be in your 20s anymore and suddenly that actually becomes a bit more real and a bit more urgent and i i think that's bullshit obviously uh, sorry lizzie who <laughs> is nearly 30 um i uh, i'm just the baby of the group but um no but i do think it's that when d- you turn 30 it's not that big a deal guys no, calm down it is i'm fucking looking forward to it to, i'm ready for the grave now i think <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Oh, God. Well, 
I, uh, yeah, but I think that when you know lots of people who are in love or, or are showing their love quite um, openly through marriage yeah. and things like that, it becomes a bit more urgent for you and you go, well, I want that. Why can't I find that? And ultimately, as I always say to you, and, and I don't believe in soulmates or there's somebody for everyone. Yeah. Some people deserve to be alone. No, no, no. <laughs> My favourite one know. is there's uh, a lid to every dustbin. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> There's a cheese Ooh, to every cracker. <laughs> there's, uh, there's plenty more fish in the sea. Oh, God, I hate all of those things. I know, it's and bad, I remember, isn't it? And also, I said this before, going through your first heartbreak as well is the most fucking horrific thing. But actually, you being older, you might be in a better position no, than I was see, when I, I was like a kid. I feel like I'm going to be in a worse position because I've never been in love. When you fall off a bike when you're six, you just pick yourself up and you carry on. And you kind of get used to falling off bikes and you go, yeah, just carry on. But if you do that when you're older, you're like, I'm never getting on a bike ever again. Oh, see, I, I'm the opposite. And what's the bike much... in this metaphor? <laughs> what's the bike? Is the bike the relationship? Is the bike or... the dick? Yeah. <laughs> it's always it? the dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when I was younger, I remember that I, when I broke up with my first love, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm laughing a little bit about this because I remember, oh God. And I was, I, I did love him and I know that I did love him. But I was, oh God, I was heartbroken. I was inconsolable. I remember one night my mother came up to my room and my mother will still remember this to this day. And I was on the bedroom floor with a photo of us together. And I was going like, <laughs> do you know that like guttural yeah. sobbing where you're just, you can't Your full body's in it. Your full body is sobbing. And my mother laid next to me on the ground and she just scooped me and she cuddled me for about an hour and then I went outside with my mum and uh, we I got a lighter <laughs> and I lit the photo on fire and let it fly into the night and I remember my mother saying, you'll be alright my darling, you'll be alright and, and, and I was and I would say that to anybody if you're going through heartbreak or anything now I think no matter start how old fire. you are start mm. a fucking fire, be an arsonist is what I'm saying uh, no, just uh, <laughs> Christ that is not advice from the Roaring Girls I love it um, but yeah, there I was think... a spate of fires in the whole in East exactly. Yorkshire area after the Roaring Girls advocated setting things on fire. And I think setting things on fire is probably a good way to end this podcast today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we have gone into some serious personal stuff, but I'm proud of us all. Yeah. Uh, so That's right, we veered away from too personal a story. It, it wouldn't be the Roaring Girls if we didn't. Well, exactly. Um, and we're all glad we didn't get too personal. <laughs> when uh, when the uh, when the microphones aren't on, I'll tell you about <laughs> me and my preteens. And oh God! Quote unquote dating. Ooh, I oh, can't no. wait to hear. It's about not quite this. so wholesome. Carry on. <laughs> 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 and on that bombshell, uh, we... if you love something, set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> quote the Roaring Girls. Thank you. Good day. Good night. Um, so thank you ever so much for listening. Um, Thank you, Sarah and Lizzie. That's the end of today's podcast. We'll see you later. See you next month. Bye. So this was The Roaring Podcast with The Roaring Girls. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on social media at The Roaring Girls. A huge thank you to the University of Hull for letting us host our podcast here. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy our latest show, Beach Body Ready. It is a show which is all about body positivity and basically sticking two fingers up to everything the media say that you should look like. We are going on tour. We'll be out and about across the UK from March to July. You can find tickets on www.theroaringgirls.co.uk or you can find it in any of our social media links. We'll see you there. Bye.